this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV Talk. Oh, we got some of that good music. We got some strobe lights. If this doesn't scream Ozark, I don't know what does. <laughs> My name is Lauren LaGrasso. Welcome to the Ozark After Show. I'm here with the amazing Tara Erickson. Hi, guys. I'm here. She's here. Tanir is very sadly not here. He's dealing with some family matters tonight, which is on theme. For the show mm-hmm. that we are doing, because there's a lot of family matters going on. Boy, oh boy, is there! Holy cow! Drama, drama, drama. Mean drama. You might need mean. it for all those boats. Ooh, <laughs> this is good, Lauren. I like where we're starting. I, I'm really liking it. I'm really liking it too. So before we get into the episode and initial impressions, I just want to say that Tanir and I made a huge mistake last week because we forgot to talk about the big plot point of Wendy breaking into their old house. And drinking a beer and leaving the door wide open. And basically and acting like a psycho. The milk red. That was weird. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. And just turning that that picture over where it was just like F you to that life that I can now no longer go back to. But she also probably never really wanted in the first place. I mean, she's really taken the reins. So I thought it was a mix of her maybe missing what she had before because her yeah. marriage wasn't as bad. But also being like, F that, and I'm never going back. Right. She turned full-on corrupt. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it really did set this episode up so well. And it's interesting because a character we see in this episode who knows Wendy very well says, this is the most, like, Wendy I've ever seen in years, I think he said. Um, So what are your initial first impressions of the episode? (sighs) Man, did I love it. Uh, so many moments of like marriage fails and relationship fails along with just like cheating and explosions. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) You and I both looked at each other at one point in the episode and I was like, Hey, doesn't this just make you feel so much better about all your past relationships? (laughs) Yes. And I said, yeah, I'm just like, Oh, cool. I'm single. Cause this is rough. Yeah. If that's what a relationship involves. No, thank you. Sign me up for some cats. God, I'd rather be safe. (laughs) 
It's like when you lie your head down at night. I don't know how they deal with the absolute space and emotional space between them. And it doesn't just eat them up inside. Where I'm like, they're going to end up with cancer in like a year from the stress. 100%. I don't think that's how cancer works, but if it does. Sometimes, I mean, they say, some people believe that cancer is repressed emotions. Like, I mean, obviously people have like a a certain um, predisposition to get it, but like it can happen from immense stress and repressed emotions. So you're right. Um, So my overall impressions, something I kind of thought of this time watching the show is it's a bit of a romantic thriller because at the heart of it, I mean, like all shows, it's about relationships, but it's really about these core relationships and how they're evolving and devolving and the thrill of watching that happen. Um, so I guess that would be my biggest takeaway is the romantic thriller aspect of the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was really romantic when Ruth threw Cosgrove off the boat. Yes, uh- <laughs> yes. That I mean, I thought there was a little fire there. At the end of the uh, after show, me and Tanir uh, said that we thought that maybe they would still get together. Because I thought that there was a little bit of flame there, a little mm-hmm. bit of fire between the two of them. A little bit of action going mm-hmm. on. Little no. did we know it was just to push him off the boat. Just hate. Hate. So, okay, our three topics for this episode. We've got Lying Lovers, which is all about our little buddies, mm-hmm. Wendy and Marty, and all the uh, Madison and Sue's there. Then we have Uncle Ben, and I'm not talking about the rice. <laughs> and then we have characters who complicate. So we're going to start out with Lying Lovers, because that is really the glue that holds this screwed up episode together. As we mentioned at the top, tensions are at an all-time high. Wendy and Marty are lying together. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Spying on each other, they're sabotaging each other. It is wild. So, I mean, there's so many different complexities of what's going on here. Um, it starts out with basically her, him spying on her conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just keeps going from there. So I I just don't understand how they can stay married. Like, why don't, with everything else going on, why don't they just talk about it? Even if they're just going to butt heads, like, why do they keep going down this path? Right. I I specifically found it really intriguing that in the last episode, the quote that kind of links even in this episode is that... Wendy says, if you know you have a future, there's no reason to blow up anything in the present. And that's exactly what Marty does. And he Mm -hmm. was sitting there when she said that. And he decided to go and blow up her entire deal in the present. And literally. Still literally doing it whilst knowing that it would would probably even ruin their marriage even more. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know why they don't just choose to be honest but I think they've gone past a threshold of each one of them needs revenge as they go further and further of like, you're going to do something, watch out, because I'm going to do it right back. 
Yeah, and then there's so many complications of it too. I mean, so there's the plant. Obviously, Marty's upset about the fact that she went behind his back to sell to Navarro this idea, and they meet with the casino people. The I don't know their names. Carl and his wife. Anita. I remember his, Anita. There you okay, go. Okay, great. Carl and Anita. We got it. <laughs> so they meet with Carl and Anita, and he is kind of like in the same way she's trying to get them to say yes. He's sabotaging it. So he talks to Carl and says, like, hey, don't give up on your dream. You can Mm -hmm. do it, man. Like, don't let her steamroll you, basically. And Wendy's saying, like, the two women are basically in cahoots, Anita and Wendy. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it ends up being that he, the Carl, Carl, says that he doesn't want to sell because of what Marty says to him. They go back with a higher offer. They say yes. Meanwhile... You know, Marty scurries over to Mr. Cosgrove, who he's already talked with earlier in the episode. They've negotiated a deal to, to make Cosgrove not basically kill or kill rape Ruthie. Ruth. I thought yeah. I thought maybe they were talking about rape. That was very disturbing. It was very weird how he said, you have no idea the things that he's asked me to allow him to do to her. And that it's every right for him to do to mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy that. No, I didn't. It was very creepy. But... So, I mean, there's three different, like, complications that goes on with this this casino couple. Then when she takes Helen with her, Wendy takes Helen with her to go negotiate with the casino couple, they finally say yes. And, you know, we were joking also watching the episode that Wendy and Helen, those two belong together. They gotta get it to They belong together. Like, I just think that, like, her and Marty should throw in the towel. They can continue to be business partners. But Helen and Wendy... Are soulmates. Mm. They're aligned in business. They're aligned in life. They have fun together. They can chat. They can have champagne. It's a match made in heaven. Their minds match up. Their intentions match up. Yeah. And um, they kind of can just share a look and know what to do, which is how a marriage and a relationship should exist. And that's what they have right now, which makes it... I don't know what's going to happen. Twin flame soulmates, if you ask me. (laughs) They could make some stuff happen, especially with the thrown off remark from uh, Anita, where she's like, you come in here with like your lesbian lawyer, where she does kind of give off that vibe, Mm -hmm. which we discussed of like, they might push that storyline of like, who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, she's getting rid of her hubby, right? And Wendy is like, screw him. And they're, they're of, they are on the same page. And there's a lot of talk of, like, not on the same page. Those two are. Oh. Oh, 100%. They're on the same sentence. Ooh. Oh. It's good. <laughs> so there was another complication in the story between the lying lovers where Navarro calls Wendy in the middle of the night. And he – I was a little confused about this interaction. I mean, he was calling to get an update and then he's talking about a maid who is bleeding out on the floor. And it almost felt like, does he, like, have a crush on Wendy? Does he appreciate her honesty? Is he just messing with her? Is he threatening her? What was that call about? What do you think the call was about? I feel like it was a, it was more about him threatening her by talking about the bad omen that he was reading into that if she fell over, her teeth came out. I, I like, grabbed her teeth. There was blood all over and I read the red and the white as a as a bad omen. So tell me what you think about that. Because 
I mean, Wendy has failed in setting up this deal twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but which, he did say something like, I know you'll be honest with me. Mm-hmm. Which made me feel like I didn't know if he was screwing with her or if he honestly meant that. I think he, he meant it in regards to like, I know you'll be honest with me and I think you're fully aware that you've messed up and you won't get another chance. Hmm. Um, I'm not positive it was a threat. Like, I think that he honestly respects her and was, like, genuinely pissed that she didn't have the deal done. But there was something there where it's, like, she's becoming a confidant maybe for him, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember him hanging up the phone. I think I wrote it down. Uh, it was weird how he said it where he talked about bad omens. And then he said she asked about his maid. And he said she's no longer with us, Wendy. And he, like, said her name at the end of it, and that came off as so odd to me. So yeah, that ominous. was odd. That was odd. And somewhat threatening. That hmm. was. Okay, so the true meaning of that phone call and the complexities of it remain to be seen. But meanwhile, while she's having it, Marty's just listening on his little device there, turning over in his bed, checking out what she's saying, and then she comes back to bed and lies and says it was Helen, right? That it yes. Called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the deceit continues. Well, while the deceit's continuing, what Marty does is his next move is goes and talks to Cosgrove, says, "Hey, I need you to blow things up a little bit." I don't think he meant literally. Like I think he wanted them to like find a way to turn off the lights without or injuring anyone. Right. But his boys end up going there, putting extra. What was it? Uh, fire powder? What yes. do they call that? Like and, explosive yeah, powder in there. Exactly. S- explosive powder into the fireworks, and the competitor blows up. The deal is now off between Wendy and Helen and the old casino, and it's, it's war now. Mm-hmm. Not only between you know the old casino owners and Wendy and Helen, but between Marty and Wendy. Because as soon as the news comes in and he finds out, he asks if the people are okay. And in that moment, Wendy knows she is so smart. Mm-hmm. Smart as a tack. So she ends up finding a way with Ruth to go and infiltrate the casino and make them have to pay out, which was brilliant. Yeah. And Helen's wise to it. And so I'm curious to see, I mean, now at the end of the episode, we saw that the FBI is coming and they're auditing them. But I'm really curious to see how this plays out because, I mean, Marty's truly in the perfect position to say, I told you so. Yeah, because they only started auditing them after they bought that second casino. Um, But uh, I think what Ben said, uh, Wendy's brother, is actually really true in the sense that he's never seen Wendy like herself until now. Um, And that shows in the way that she's winning. Because Mm -hmm. during this episode, you actually think that Marty, because he always has a plan and he knows numbers and he has like a backup plan, that that was going to win for him. That he was going to win Cosgrove, like the extra business, and then the whole deal with Navarda would drop. Uh, And it's it's crazy that all the ladies then end up on a team away from Marty. Mm -hmm. And he ends up really in a bad position. Mm -hmm. And... I don't think we've seen it that bad before. He's tend to be like sort of a front runner until the the last of the last season. And now, which we all hope to see, that Wendy was like coming up on top. Right. And I mean, I think he he wants it a lot less than Wendy does. 
I mean, he was always the front runner because he was the one running things. And so once she came in and she realized she was in it and that this was her only option, she fully committed. Whereas he's always had one foot in, one foot out. You know, so of course he's not going to be as committed as she is or as intelligent about these plans as she is because this is actually her life now. Mm -hmm. I think she made the most intelligent decision, especially at the end of the last season, by working it all through of saying, like, there's no way we can get out of this. If we run, we'll be running forever, probably get caught, and we all die. If we're in and we're in in the smartest way, then we're in. We have, like, the strongest people backing us, which is Navarro, but mm, it's tough when your husband doesn't back you up and goes behind your back and uh, hires the Cosgroves to, like, mess up a deal, which we all know the Cosgroves are good at blowing up things. That's what (laughs) they do. They're not smart. They're like, cool, we'll just shoot it up or blow it up. Like, we all knew that that was going to happen, which is not really the smartest move, but, like, Marty, I felt he was desperate. Yeah, and then... What what do you think is going to happen at this point though with Navarro? Like now that we know everything, hindsight's 2020, do you think that it would have been better to not put the deal through and so they didn't have to deal with the FBI? Mm, no, because uh the FBI in the last episode, he's like, "I look forward to sitting you um sitting and waiting for just one slip up or one wild card." And I think, like, the second casino, as they all said, is a legitimate business. Sure, they'll have, like, money backing it, but I don't know that the FBI is going to be as engaged in that as they are in Missouri. What is their hotel name? As their hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Missouri Bell, I think, is what it is. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure. But And and I love the other part of the end is – uh, with Ruth, like right before we find out the information about the FBI, his own words were his d- demise that mm-hmm. he told Ruth, don't bother me. So she didn't bother him and did what she thought he wanted. And then it bit him in the ass. And that kind of seems to be a pattern with him, you know, by keeping it all in and not explaining things and saying, don't bother me and kind of being in a silo. He ends up making terrible decisions. Yeah, he's really searching for a lot of therapy in this episode. Uh, I thought Helen's line to him saying, are we good? Are you in your feelings? Which I'm like, he's always in his feelings. He, Especially when he goes to Carl. He's basically that's like Drake. A, yeah, he is. <laughs> and he's like trying to get therapy from like this old man to be like, he'll probably relate to me. And like when you're in marriage, you know, and you're in business with your wife. It's tough. Like, that was such a vulnerable moment that I think he was hoping that Carl would respond in a way that, like, he could learn from it. Yeah, and and Carl basically said, just do whatever your wife wants, which was the opposite of what he wanted to hear. Yep. So he advised Carl to do the opposite of that. And I think it's interesting because as much as he was telling Carl that because he wants to have the plan go opposite of the way Wendy wants it. He was also telling him that because he genuinely wants a guy who he sees as him to get a win. Yes. Yeah, it was a you're right. It was just an interesting psychology moment. And I think that's the most vulnerable we saw him the whole episode. Yeah, I think he was after that he was more he was on purpose the whole time. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, those two. They're uh they're a catastrophe. They're Truly. Great. Truly a catastrophe. 
I think we should move on to Uncle Ben and I'm not talking about the rice. But before we do, Mm -hmm. we got to talk about the fact that we do this show because we love it. Yes. It is so much fun. We love talking TV. We love talking Ozark. But it really, really helps us to get notoriety and to have people find the show and to get the show's ratings and reviews up. If you go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, follow it on Spotify, like like it, subscribe to the AfterBuzz YouTube, leave a comment. We'll go through and comment back. It means the most to us, and it also is just like basically the way you pay us since the show is for free. Yeah, yeah. we are here for the fans, solely for you guys to enjoy this. So especially if you like something, don't like something, let us know. We're here for you. Yeah, we want to know. Give us the update. We'll make it better next time. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so Uncle Ben, and I'm not talking about the rice. This is a new character. He was. We were watching the show at first, and one of our producers put it on for us, and we were questioning whether we were watching the right show because there wasn't a single character that we no. recognized. So we're like, is this just like a strange show about <laughs> substitute teachers that have issues? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> PEMDAS, that was a blast from the past. Ooh, yeah. Did you remember that? No, I, I wouldn't not remember at all. that unless someone said it. The, about the Aunt Sally? Oh, yeah. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nope. I wouldn't have remembered it. God. Algebra. Good times. Great times. Some big, of the best. Big math. Just kidding. The, yeah, that's what he said. This is a big math episode. <laughs> big math. Because we're talking about percentages mm-hmm. and numbers. The whole thing. God. You know we love it. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> math, that is. So we're introduced to him while he's subbing this class. He's trying, like, struggling through a math lesson. Felt for the guy. Then all of a sudden, this girl's getting bullied. We never see what's actually on the phone, but he calls the kids emotional terrorists. That's a quote. And collects all their phones and throws them in a wood chipper. Mm-hmm. I love it. I was like, I wish more teachers would do that because they are little emotional terrorists. Like, when you're in middle school, it is rough living. If I had been in middle school now... With what kids have now, I don't think I would have survived it. I don't know how those little brains survive text messages and Instagram and, like, seeing other people leave them out of situations and getting bullied online. It's – I mean, it was difficult enough. Like, I had a couple people who did that to me on AIM. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine – with? so, anyway – Long story short, Uncle Ben was definitely in the right, even though if it was not very good the way he handled it. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's set up where you're like, whoa, cool, but like you're a little off your rocker and then ends up with them moving in. And it's funny because, you know, he's the baby brother who like, she said, Wendy was like, don't worry, he'll get tired of me after a couple days like he always does. And that's like not the case here, but I feel like she's always wanted probably more from Ben that mm-hmm. she couldn't get. And now it's like she kind of doesn't want more from him now. They're in not a great position to support him or provide for him, but he's choosing to disregard that and stay. And he's also making quite an impression on Jonah. Because Jonah is now just with one sentence, Ben was like, I would have used that drone to spy on girls. And like the next two times you see the drone, it's like flying over the ladies. Well, I think it's mutual, though, because he runs into the lake doing what Buddy did. Totally. So I think that they are trying to kind of merge with each other. And then there's that comment that Jonah makes to his mom where he's like, do you really think I'm like Uncle Ben? Because apparently she had made a comment about it in a previous conversation or season. Um He's an interesting character. When we first met him, I was like, is he somehow tied in with 
the I was going to say the mafia uh, with the cartel. Like, what's happening here? He might be because the actual line came from after Jonah shot uh in the in the first shot his gun and shot someone right he he shot something a deer i don't he shot a gun and something died i believe and was it when, the pigeon or something yeah and they said he's like what if he's like ben and oh yeah like, he kept no. like playing with dead animals and so that when jonah mentions that in this episode you start to think there's some deep dark hidden stuff about ben that we don't know and all we got is that one line and we did not really know who ben was now we're being introduced to him and the freak out at the school was just the tip of the iceberg yeah it was really interesting to watch I, I mean, I don't feel like he's in the cartel, but I think he's done some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he's I got agree. issues. And it's interesting. Like, it's interesting that you thought that uh, Wendy wasn't happy to have him there. To me, she seems tentative, but especially in the picnic scene at the end where they're having, like, the family dinner, it seemed like she was happy to have him there. It's Marty that can't handle it when he tries to kick him out. Um yeah, I'm really interested to see how this player character plays out because he clearly has no boundaries and doesn't accept other people's boundaries. And he's going to throw a wrench in the whole situation. I, it, it feels as if it's inevitable that he's going to end up becoming a part of this in some way. Either he's going to have to leave in a big screaming fight, but that's not really the most interesting thing to write. Like as a writer, I would want to make him involved in the storyline and, like, his one out would have been if he left when Marty told him to leave. I agree. He's yeah. sort of, like, replacing the buddy of the of the group. Yeah, except he's, like, a lot less stable and mm-hmm. probably won't be able to get them out of binds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And it was cool, to, like you said, to meet a character that they very subtly set up last year or the year before, whenever that was. And now he's coming to light. Good yeah. writing. Good writing. Really good writing. Um, and also, we notice a little attraction between Helen. I don't know. Like maybe she's just giving off sex vibes, but I felt like we noticed a little attraction between the two of them. Maybe more from Helen to him than him to Helen. Oh yes, Helen gave him Ben a look. Yeah, uh, and I was like, okay, she seems interested in that. But I also really like the pickup of Helen looking at Wendy after Helen was talking on the phone, making sure that her husband was basically beat almost to death. And then Helen walked back in, and she didn't want Helen, she didn't want to give it away, and she just looks right at her, and she's like, yeah, it's a gorgeous day. And I was like, she is looking right at her. So it's like sort of, to me, there's an underlying current there of like, yeah, it's a gorgeous day, but she's looking right at Wendy, right? So you think It's a beautiful view, you understand? There's some stuff going on there. I didn't pick up on that at all. I thought she was just Girl, trying to cover. Uh, uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. There's some serious lesbian love happening. There's some stuff going on. Serious. Maybe Helen just swings all ways, you know? Yeah, might be. Yeah. And she, she also maybe just really likes Wendy's family tree. <laughs> She might. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. I mean, that was like a whole subplot, too, that we can talk about. The next subject is characters who complicate. Basically, what we're trying to do with this topic is loop everyone else together that was involved in the episode here. So we should talk about that. We meet Helen's kids. Very briefly, we meet her son because her husband puts out an Amber Alert about the kids because she's taking them into the Ozarks. 
it's very interesting. She's obviously sacrificed a lot to keep the husband alive. Her and Helen or her and Wendy have this amazing conversation about relationships and how screwed up they can be. And we think that the husband's in the clear. He's like a dick, but he's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, like you said, they're sitting there cheersing after they close the deal on the casino. And I knew it the minute he was talking to her on the phone that something terrible was going to happen. Parking garages are so dangerous. You got to be careful in them. You can't be distracted. Cannot. Yes. For, that goes for women, men, and non-binary people. Everybody, <laughs> just look around. Look around. Keep your wits about you. But yeah, he. Uh, he it's it's funny on the on that topic. Yeah, yeah, please. Is that Helen said all I was trying to do was keep my family safe, and I realized this whole time I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And she said all I've ever tried to do is protect him. He's been an a hole, but all I've tried to do is keep him out of it. And it was funny that she said those two things to Wendy because all Wendy is trying to do is keep her family safe while it's Marty is thinking that is exactly what you are not doing. They are on two totally different pages. And she is now moving, Wendy specifically is moving to a place where she's trying to keep Marty out of things. And Helen definitely took her husband out of stuff by just being like, Cool. Yeah, I'm going to let him know you're my husband and you are not under my production anymore. Right. Well, she and I think the thing with Helen is she never told him anything the whole marriage. So then that was an interesting question to think about from a relationship perspective. What would kill a marriage more? Keeping that kind of secret from someone or not? Right. What do you think? If you were in her exact situation, what would you do? I wouldn't be able to keep that secret for years and years with, like, my job and just be like, I'm just a lawyer, but, like, I decapitated someone last night. Like, can't do it. Same. I would just be like, keep your mouth shut. Uh, We get lots of money, and we're good. We can have a nice life. But the lies just always end up inevitably ruining a lot of people and lives. Yeah, and it's like she's already having her health ruined by the stress of the job. I can't imagine bringing that home and keeping that all inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would have had to cave for sure. She's doing well, though. Yeah, she's doing well. She's kicking the shit out of him and putting him in a trunk. So. Yeah. <laughs> Guess it worked out in the end, Winning. kind of. Not for him, not for Gene. Uh, so other characters that complicate, we already went through Cosgrove. Um we Wyatt and Darlene is a good one because that is so complicated that Wyatt Darlene bails him out and then obviously just very so slyly says to him as he walks up she doesn't even go searching for him to be like hey I bailed you out he figures it out goes to her and she's like I got you know if you want to come work for me on the farm and then just that relationship of them together that he, he is now so indebted to her and they're Getting so close that now he's, like, moving in on her property is, oh, man, because I feel like she made, Darlene made a very specific decision because she overheard Ruthie saying, I put money in your account, just use it. Mm -hmm. Knowing that Wyatt was taking a high ground and there would be some sort of way that she could access Ruth and probably the rest of, like, Marty and Wendy when she needed them if she has access to Wyatt. Yeah. 
He's her tie. I wrote down Wyatt and Darlene Dream Team. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, but it's very interesting. And I mean, the whole thing with her talking to her dead husband, and she admits it, so at least she knows she's doing it. Uh, with the, the interaction between her and Wendy is super fascinating. That woman, the the woman who plays Darlene, she does it so well that just a look from her says more than words could ever. I agree. She is chilling. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely chilling. Just to, to see her eyes glare over at you, I'm like, okay, I didn't do it. I'm sorry. Yep. She gives a really good look to the mom after she does a little slicey, slicey of the tires. It's great. Slicey, slicey. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, the other interesting thing is that it kind of seems like this relationship with Wyatt is replicating the one she had with the helper that they ended up killing. Exactly. So he's coming back and replacing it. And uh, that will be interesting to see the way that plays out. Yeah, they're both talking to dead people in the same house. It'll be fun. Yeah. And the other thing that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out is the relationship between Charlotte and um, and Helen's daughter. Yeah. They they seem like they're, they're getting close. And... Um... Uh, Helen's daughter really seems like she's like ready to rock this summer. Um, <laughs> she know, wants to lose that V card. She wants to get wild, <laughs> and so who knows? With some drone sex. Yep. Who knows what drone uh, porn? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what'll come swinging her way? <laughs> hmm. Swinging. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, should we move on to our special segment? Yeah, Is there let's anything else do you it. Say? All right, let's do hell to the nose arc. What was your hell to the nose arc moment? Okay, this moment when, oh man, when Marty says, um, hasn't it been too long, like, to let your desires take a back seat when he says it to Carl? And he's like, haven't they been in the back seat long enough? (gasps) Isn't it your turn? And you're like, oh my God. I just was like, no, really? He is, that is the turning moment to me where I was like, he is effing his relationship with his wife just so much that you're like, this is going to be a turning point for both of them. And I thought the turning point was going to be her deciding to stay last season. There's like, there were 15 turning points in this one episode. So many, but that was just like, he is going behind and he is normally... I don't think he's made a, a switch that quick against his against Wendy, and now it's like, oh, it's it, blood is just blood for all. It does not matter, not anymore. Their relationship, he holds no ties to his wife. He is going rogue, baby, and I love it. Whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what his mindset seems to be at this point. So I would say two for me. One is when Wendy knows that Marty blew up the boat. Mm -hmm. Just the look on her face where she turns away. She tries not to let her lover, Helen, know. But Helen knows, (laughs) even from the back of her head, that's how connected those two are. Mm -hmm. She can read the back of her head. So she turns away, and it's like, oh, God. Like That was, for me, the moment where I'm like, this is really over. Really, really over. There's too much. And then the other one was when Helen beat the shit out of her ex-husband. Because... We kind of thought, like, okay, maybe we'll see that play out. I, I thought I thought he was safe. She got waterboarded for him. But 
after he pulled that move and he wants full custody and you better send my son out here whilst they said you have both of the kids the entire summer and he had to pull like a dick move to be like well if you don't do it i'm gonna you know sending an amber alert out on your wife and your two kids that's really give me a break dude like you're going a step too far and he he pushed her too far and that happens a lot i think probably in divorce it's just not everybody has uh, Navarro and his whole team backing him up. Not everybody has a crew. Alright, well we'll see how all this plays out and uh, I think we're going to move on to predictions and then we're going to wrap this puppy up in a bow. After Buzz TV predictions. What do you predict? Man, you know what? When Darlene said to White, she said the Langmores were the biggest bootleggers around a couple generations ago. Like, you better take that to heart. I think Wyatt is going to get in the game, in the same game that Ruthie is in. Somehow in a different way with Darlene, it might complicate things, which I think will be really interesting. I think Navarro um, will probably continue to threaten in a weird way, but he might end up becoming a confident with... um, with Wendy, they might just become really close, and Marty might be totally X'd out of the entire game, except for the one thing that will save him is that he knows numbers and can save them from the scary tax money people. The scary tax man. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Waiting for a wild card. And, uh, yeah, he, he pulled a wild card, and there they are waiting just to screw them really badly. So I'm I'm scared about that, but I think that's how Marty will win his way back into this whole entire situation because right now it's three girls against one guy, but that one guy luckily knows numbers. Smarty pants. Marty pants. <laughs> okay, so while we were thinking like while I brought up predictions, everything that I thought of had to do with sex. So I guess that tells you where my mind is right now. Get it, girl. But I was like, okay, maybe Navarro and Wendy are going to have sex. Maybe Helen and Wendy are going to have sex. Love it. Maybe Helen and Ben are going to have sex. Maybe Ben and, what's her name, Ruth are going to have sex. I had so many sex ideas, so all those might happen. I think also Uncle Ben, like I said earlier, is going to get in the mix. He's going to kind of mess things up, make things more interesting. Maybe him and Wendy team up and go against Marty. Maybe he ends up getting on Marty's side. I don't know, but Uncle Ben, there's something there that's going to happen with him that's going to be explosive. I agree. All right. Well, until next week, tell the people where they can find you. Guys, you can find me under Tara Erickson, under my YouTube channel, under, yeah, T-A-R-A-E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, IMDB me, and uh, also <laughs> say hi on instant Twitter. Love ya. All right. Follow me everywhere at Lauren LaGrasso. Download my single Road to Glory on all streaming platforms. Listen to my podcast, Unleash Your Inner Creative, and come back with us next week. Yeah. And talk Ozark. Woo-hoo! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 